Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is a Force Center podcast feed. I'm doing the intro clean. I'm Ken Napsok. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and uh, now that Ken is doing it clean, I want to hear the dirty version. <laughs> well, and I'm Jennifer I, Landa, and I have nothing to add. <laughs> I just, you know, if you listen long enough, you hear those days where I forget what I'm supposed to say or <laughs> think I'm going to be creative and really shouldn't. So today we're just going to do the intro.
But here we are. Here we are, everybody. This is going to be fun. This is our Star Wars news show. We take a look at breaking news from a long time ago. Sometimes the news broke a, a few days ago. Sometimes uh, it's as we're going to press. And other times, uh, well, we just miss it completely. We'll catch up later. We're going to have a lot of fun. want to remind you first that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Player A little bit later, we have a force center recommends an audiobook i forgot to write in the notes but joseph will probably pick up on what i <laughs> wanted to put down because that's what we do here hey before we get to all that though we are going to catch up star wars adventures life adventures all rolled into one jennifer you, you said you had nothing to add up top you have some add to this uh segment indeed how's life going <laughs> yes yes i'm good i'm good i uh Life at Star Wars Adventures were were light this weekend, but I did have an interaction with my neighbor that cracked me up. She was uh, taking some books. You know, they have those like little free libraries on neighborhood mm-hmm. streets sometimes, and yep. uh, people can put their their old books in there so that we're all kind of sharing and, and stuff like that. It's really neat. So she had a stack of books, and I'm talking with her, and I see Star Wars on the on the side there, and I went, oh, uh, you might, what, what, what is that book that you have there? What Star Wars <laughs> book is that? I don't think that she knows knows how into star wars i am she goes oh this is just a star wars book well, my kids were kind of into it but you know they, they all grow out of that kind of stuff <laughs> <laughs> standing there looking at the book i'm like i i couldn't even agree with her because it just was like it went against my very being I'm like yeah, yeah I, I i think i'll i'll wait on this book because it wasn't it wasn't gonna fit uh with it was kind of like a kids book but not my kids age and it was it was yeah. actually really cool i think it was like a skywalker saga book kind of describing you know the skywalker saga for mm. maybe like a 10 year old mm. so i gave her the book back and i just i just smiled what could i say <laughs> yeah <laughs> she, i don't think she's ever came into uh, my house so she hasn't seen and in fact that was another thing that happened is you know trying to clean doing that summer cleaning and I feel like my Star Wars artwork, my Star Wars collectibles are so solely dwindling. Some mm. of the C-3PO art came off to make room for another piece of non-Star Wars art. My collectibles yeah. are now being put in the garage in a box. And I just <laughs> was looking around. I'm like, who am I? <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> oh, this is this is great to have that casual interaction where somebody just sort of denies your existence. <laughs> <laughs> do we grow out of it no you know you know Mm. uh, in my mind during this interaction you have like full star wars gear on like you're wearing your (laughs) your your old uh millennium falcon cosplay there's an entire (laughs) ship around your waist (laughs) (laughs) and she said you know people grow out of this yeah i mean yeah you know come to think of it i've gone out in my ewok giant ewok head Many yeah. a times. I mean, I've yeah. like been out in the middle of the street with my giant Ewok head. I have a giant uh, Chewbacca head where I put on this like a life day kind of robe. I know that she's seen me. She's clearly forgotten this because if I, <laughs> this was like Arrested Development, we'd cut yeah. to those images of me <laughs> dancing in the street as a giant Ewok. Uh, the narrator says she had never grown out of it. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's fair. But, you know, she doesn't know that stuff. She's like, I don't know. I think my neighbor's in a cult. She shows up with a red robe and a fur mask. I don't know what's going on over there. It's Los Angeles. Anything's possible. Anything. Sometimes you've been known to dress up, you know, dogs in Star Wars costumes, right? So maybe, but then she, again, would be like, I don't know what a porg is. I don't know what a porg chihuahua is at all. Maybe she she assumes the dogs are young. (laughs) 
Yeah. Even old dogs will grow out of it. <laughs> right. She doesn't. I'm sure most people, when they hear Mala, they don't, you know, think of Mala Tobuk. They think of Mala as in like bad in Spanish. So uh. maybe she thinks that. I don't know. She just keeps yelling bad over and over again. <laughs> bad, bad. Uh, yeah. My mom was like, why'd you name your dog Mala? That's bad, bad, bad omens. I'm like, mom, Star Wars. Get to know your Wookiees. <laughs> that's beautiful. That's well. That's quite the Star Wars adventures. Yeah, quite, yeah. quite the collection. Mine was pretty simple, so I'll, I'll go and uh, hopefully Joseph had just a whiz bang of a Star Wars weekend. Uh, <laughs> I, I had a chance to um, force myself out of the house to a music uh, lounge, the Moroccan Lounge outside downtown LA, to see one of my favorite bands, Living More, uh, artist named Kath Myers, and uh, Child Seed, a great new band, and, and another band called Dream Phases. All fun, love music, and and um, that was a great experience. And Moroccan, Moroccan, Moroccan Lounge is a, it's like a music club. It's like a rock club, right? A lot of cool people there. And I, I definitely don't feel like I'm part of the cool people. And I had my Rebels hat on and the bartender, you know, as Joseph and I discussed on Databank Time last week, bartenders can be intimidating in all <laughs> forms and fashions. Um, I, the, 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 he was very nice to me the entire time. And, and I went to close up my tab and he goes, oh, here you go and close it out. And all of a sudden he goes, hey, by the way, may the force be with you. <laughs> gave me a wink and walked away and I went, Oh, there you go. The hat pays off again. See star Wars fans are everywhere. It was a nice, and it actually gave me, I felt chuffed. I felt chuffed. It was the opposite of what you experienced, Jen, where someone's like, take that off, grow up. <laughs> How can you be drinking alcohol with that? I can't serve you. You have star Wars stuff yeah. on. Yeah. You must be underage. Yeah. Can't do that here. So it's there you awesome go. Star- you had the uh, anti woo hair experience. I love yes. it. Yes. Yes. And he, and he was great the entire time. Uh, we were we were talking about rum, and I I can't drink whiskey as much anymore as age has taken that drink away from me. But um, uh, yeah, he didn't he didn't acknowledge it at all to the very end till I signed the check, mm. and then he said wink wink and po- pointed at the hat and said may the force be with you. So love that. I love those kind of Star Wars interactions. That's yeah. so great. That's yeah, beautiful. That's mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah, great stuff. And uh, I cannot recommend the band Living More to any any more to pop rock fans out there in the world. Great band, great time, and uh, fun to be out there. Uh, Joseph, uh, take us home. Did you get on a Millennium Falcon and drive around L.A. in the freeways? <laughs> Just imagine a car as a Millennium Falcon. In my soul, my Toyota Yaris. No, uh, yeah, <laughs> we, we didn't drive. We, we walked to some Star Wars adventures. Um, I did have some adventures of uh, rem- being reminded of how many people do love Star Wars. I had a, uh, I was writing something and I needed an eBay uh, name, like a funny name for somebody who has an account on eBay. It's like, I haven't opened eBay in a while. I'll just, I'll just look through some Obi-Wan Kenobi figures to find some names of sellers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that ended up in having 18 tabs open for most of the week <laughs> oh checking gosh. on. So I, I slipped. Uh, I bought a couple of Kenobi figures. Nice. Uh, so that was that was a nice uh, Star Wars adventure for sure. Some weird ones. Uh, so many great weird ones. Uh, yeah. But the Star Wars adventure that we had this weekend is we went to the El Capitan Theater in Hollywood. And for anybody who doesn't know, that's Disney's theater. And they really try to make it like this theater is like you're walking into Disneyland. It's all uh, a big show. Um, We went there to see Thor Love and Thunder, which I thought was like, this is going to be kind of Star Wars related because, of course, Natalie Portman uh, is in that film. And there's a lot of conversation about uh, Taika Waititi's uh, Star Wars film and about kind of how his sense of humor will will blend. Um, So I, I had a fun Star Wars adventure just watching that movie. Um, which I loved. I thought was great. Um, 
I think in in the great uh, Taika discussion, like there, yeah, there are a couple of beats every once in a while where I feel like, yeah, his humor is, you know, it, it's so mm. strong, it's so distinct, it's so of him uh, mm. that sometimes you can feel like, ah, eh, maybe maybe I don't need that joke in that scene, or I can feel that joke coming, or those kind of things. Uh, but for me, that's such a like small thing compared to the big picture of yeah. what went on in this film, which honestly made me a little uh, even more excited for his mm. Star Wars. Um, mm. Yeah, so I don't want to spoil uh, uh, Thor Love and Thunder at all, uh, but it's something that we've talked about before on the podcast is there's a ton of comedy throughout it, but it's just using comedy as a language. Like, we can say the same thing in English or French. It, comedy is a language of expression, and there are a ton of jokes in what's actually being said in the film. <laughs> mm. If you engage with the themes, it's about heavy, heavy stuff. It's about what parents oh children it's about what it actually means to be a hero it is about uh, uh myths and in storytelling and in living up to the myths versus uh the reality of living your own life it is uh this uh, great analogy about what what does uh belief in gods what do they truly mean um they're all these uh, choosing what is most important to you in life anyway sorry i could go on and on it's mm -hmm. it's a really weighty important film uh, but it's yeah. told in the language of comedy and that can really be a barrier uh, for mm -hmm. a lot of audiences for really engaging with what's there but I left that theater having you know laughed a ton and also been like deeply moved to think about my own life wow wow yeah, that's, that sounds amazing that's a journey yeah, <laughs> yeah. I so love that that's a, it's a good review for me and then there's a lot of Guns and Roses so that was great yeah um, well, yeah. So I thought that was enough of a Star Wars adventure, but El Capitan always has uh, different displays up and uh, they had some costumes from the movie. But downstairs in this little, little uh, basement display area, they have this <laughs> weird new installation called Disney Plus IRL. <laughs> oh. And it is uh, it's an Instagram trap. It is uh, like three mm. or four displays where you're clearly meant to take a picture in it in the first little room that you can go into is a lightsaber mirror room. So it's uh, a room that's all mirrors and then just, I don't know, dozens and dozens of Obi-Wan's and Darth Vader's lightsabers everywhere. <laughs> wow. So people would just kind of walk in there and go, wow, look at all the lightsabers and then try to find angles of photos where uh, random strangers weren't in your mirrors. It was uh, it was really cool and fun. That's, uh, I got to head over there. Yeah, me too. That sounds like sounds like you're. It's like the weekend's halftime uh, Super Bowl show uh, thing from uh, a couple years ago. But that's that's amazing. Yeah, that's but it's really interesting to see that. Like, uh, okay, well, you're here for you know to see a movie on the big screen. You're here to see mm. Marvel. But let's go down to this installation that reminds you uh, that Star Wars and you know yeah. uh, Pixar and Marvel are all on Disney Plus. So go home and watch them. <laughs> I love it. All things point to subscriptions, as they should in life. Yeah, as they should. Yeah, so love some that. good adventures there. Love that. No, love. Uh, yes, I, I haven't had a chance to see this, uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. Um, like, like to, and yeah, bigger questions. Uh, but Taika and Star Wars are going to pop up all the time. So I'm curious to get uh, your takes on it. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Um,
All right, from there, we're going to go into Star Wars news, breaking news from a long time ago, and we have got the Light and Magic trailer. The public finally got a glimpse of what is coming with the Light and Magic documentary. Again, they had uh, the big Star Wars celebration panel. Uh, we didn't get to attend. Uh, a lot of people might have, uh, quite frankly, skipped that one. You know, it's, uh, it's a behind-the-scenes documentary. Yeah, it's not the big headline grabber, but a lot of people saw it there and saw all the information were excited about the panel. But now, the public, we finally get a two-minute plus trailer i love this a lot of fun you had journey playing so speaking of you know god and thunder and old music and 80s class jen i'm gonna start with you uh, i just have a gut feeling this is something you enjoy and what are some of the highlights for you in that trailer you know me well. Uh, so I was fortunate enough to get um, access to some screeners of the first, I think, four or five episodes. Um, and so I watched the first two and I had to pull myself away from it because I wanted to keep <laughs> watching. It yeah. is fantastic because what I love that Lawrence Kazan did is that he, you know, it's not that we're a fly on the wall as the audience. We are actually in it. We are we are taken on this journey. We get to know this, this core group what are what are their origin stories? What led them to want to get into this industry? And and I just loved that. Um, and really, I thought that the biggest theme from this first episode was about uh, collaboration. Mm. All these people came together. They wanted to collaborate to make the impossible possible, which is what we see in the trailer. Um, mm. And the greatest thing is that none of them have had any egos. And it just was really about like. I mean, this ragtag group of people, I mean, really, because some of these some of these people, they were doing storyboards. Joe Johnson was doing storyboards. He was doing models. He was, they were, it was just all hands on deck trying to make this happen. Um, and I just, I just, I loved it. I loved it so much. And I thought that Lawrence Kasdan did a phenomenal job. And he leaves us with some cliffhangers. After the first episode, I was like, what's going to happen next? Oh, wait, I know what happens next, but I like how they're telling the story. So it was great. That's fantastic. That's fantastic, man. That, 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 uh, I, 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 uh, yeah, we're talking the trailer and you got me. I, now I, I was like looking forward to this. Now I, I think I can't wait. It might be appointment television for me here. Yes. Uh, and the trailer was getting me excited too. Joseph thinks about the trailer. Uh, you loved it as well. Yeah, no, I, I think I saw a screener email come through and I had a total, that's a trap moment. If I start watching, <laughs> that's, yes. it's over for me. I'm going to, you yep. know, grow old and I'll have a beard and just die watching this show because it looks so great. Um, I think I was really affected uh, by the trailer because my wife and I just got around to watching that Imagineer uh, six part or however many parts docuseries Ooh. that I think launched with Disney Plus. Oh, yes. Yeah. And it seemed like a very similar thing of like, let's carve out a lot of what you know is a part of the the Disney legend, but it's mm -hmm. this specific group with this mm -hmm. specific goal, with this philosophy of like, you know, uh, Walt Disney has this big picture idea, but then within that, he is encouraging this group of people to come together and collaborate in the same sort of spirit that you're describing, Jen, mm -hmm. of um, cooperation and ego in a way that only supports the the big picture so right. i'm really excited to see that uh, applied to industrial light and magic because i think it's the same kind of group of celebrating not just the effects of this one movie but the influence of this group of people and the philosophy behind it uh so that was the main like big picture thing that i reacted to in the trailer mm -hmm. but then the, some specific moments uh, real quick um Fresh Lucas interviews. Let's interview him about everything. I want to know what yeah. he thinks about, you know, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Let's, <laughs> while we can, let's interview that man about everything. So yeah. excited to see Fresh Lucas interviews mixed with 
uh, seeing Lucas at all different ages and all mm-hmm. different yes. perspectives because he does have different perspectives at different times. Um, I love that. I, I've seen it before, but I love that shot of them trying to figure out how to get Vader to cut Obi-Wan in half and seeing the just <laughs> flames erupt from the robes and then a bunch of people from the 70s come running. <laughs> Obi-Wan's on fire. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, that was really impactful. Um, some of the original Star Wars stuff. But then that that one clip in that trailer that really reminds you of the scope of this, that it, it starts small with Lucas mm-hmm. trying to do Star Wars. And then you get that just kind of casual comment from John Noel of like, yeah, one thing leads to another and it turned into Photoshop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, mm-hmm. a creative culture redefining seismic event. You know, that kind of dribbled out of this too is it really yeah. gets you into the scope. Yeah. Well said. No, well said. And yeah, I, if, if this series ends up being anything like that Imagineer series, I'll be crying for a couple episodes because I was <laughs> surprisingly moved by some of the things in the Imagineer series. Uh, yeah, I'm with you on all the, all the big moments and, and especially seeing the little things like, uh, you know, I grew up with, you know, the idea of uh, the Rancor and Phil Tippett maybe being in the costume. And that kind of helped me be less scared of the Rancor when I saw it in the theater. <laughs> but to see like an alternate kind of cut of a Rancor monster, you know, throwing a rock and just them trying to figure all that stuff out. And it's a spirit. And um, yeah, it's it just no one, you know, a lot of us are familiar with 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 the story, but I think. So it's even even when this was first announced, I kind of was like, yeah, okay, cool. That seems like a great idea. Uh, maybe that's even why I skipped out on the panel. It's like, ah, I'll wake up late and get a breakfast burrito. I I, I know about <laughs> Phil Tippett. What well, you know, I got I got cocky, kid. I got cocky. Uh, and just to feel that this is truly kind of telling their story along with New George interviews, which now we know when he's up, he wasn't just up there to talk about Boba Fett uh, <laughs> up there on that. Uh, porch um yeah to, to get their story told a little bit more because sometimes there's there are some uh you know you, you look back their history and george felt i don't know this didn't work and john dyke just got some theories on it just to have them all all there all mm-hmm. talking about it to really spend the time needed to go over this important part of uh not just star wars history but movie making and storytelling history and photoshop history uh which is another great point so i love that and i love the theme and i want to ask you both about this one and and jen you touched upon a little bit in talking about uh, some of the episodes but this trailer's theme is nothing is impossible that's why we have (laughs) steve perry singing don't stop believing uh and did that resonate at all with you i think joseph you touched on it too as well kind of the spirit behind it but uh, that theme grab you uh myself or jennifer oh sorry joseph (laughs) Oh, yes. OK. I did not want to step on Jennifer's thoughts. Yeah. Oh, no. uh, the quote that resonated the most with me in the whole thing was George wanted a bunch of guys who didn't know what was impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, that to me is another way of saying the great Yoda advice. You must unlearn what you have learned. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, practice, training, skills, precision. Those things are all important. But you also just have to have a sense of play and a sense of imagination and a sense of, you know, what if and why not? And I think that spirit is really in danger, uh, mm-hmm. partially because of, I think, some of our the, the, the way conversations can happen right yeah. now in our modern culture of like, did somebody drop the ball? Did somebody do something wrong? You know, mm-hmm. if, if you get to that mindset of like, that's not the way to do it, it, it can so cut off an attempt to like go like, Ah, this might not work, but I'm going to try. And like, oh, it didn't yeah. work, but I learned this other thing that does. Like, 
that whole sense and, and for me there's like this strong sense of of uh cinema history um mm -hmm. like citizen kane there were a bunch of knowledgeable uh, uh filmmakers who contributed to what made that amazing but part of what made citizen kane amazing was orson welles came from the theater and he was super young and super cocky and just said <laughs> do this where a bunch of other directors would be like oh we don't do that and he was able mm -hmm. to execute it because the people he was working with were talented but it was flowing from this I didn't know you shouldn't do that. So I did. And now we do. <laughs> right. And that's no, just yeah. so beautiful to me. No, it's, it's, it, it was, it was resonating with me. Cause I, 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 in my life have been sometimes that ah, we don't do it that way guy. You know, I've, I've sometimes been that and, and I've had many bosses and this is just security work going, well, we're going to find a new way to do it. And, <laughs> and I understand sometimes structure, especially like writing and everything. And, but the spirit of, of, of what if and why not is, is important. And, and it's kind of what star Wars is built on both George at his yellow legal pad. And, uh, these, uh, these crazy cats over at Van Nuys near the airport, uh, building, uh, so much of what we know now, Jen. So did this, uh, theme, it seems like this theme was, uh, important in the trailer, but also, uh, will filter into the show there. Yeah. And I think it's something that we all have known about, about ILM, you know, that yeah. they create the impossible. What I really like about the documentary so far, two episodes in, is that they really get into the nitty gritty of how they made it possible. You know, mm. like, here's how John Dykstra built his motion control right. uh, camera, you know, they and they show like diagrams. This is how it works. This is why it was revolutionary. Mm. And mm. I like that they don't gloss over it. Because they know that us fans, we want to know that stuff. How, you know, why was super glue so important? They get into like the history of super glue. I mean, it's just so fascinating to me. Um, and I'm glad that, that they really let us get into the weeds of that because I think it is important. It's important for just history, right? Um, to, to know that and what, and it helps me not take it all for granted. And I think you guys are right. Like they did, they didn't know any better because they didn't have, they were young. They didn't have ties to what was supposed to be done with these cameras or what, what could, what was acceptable or not acceptable. And this quote that Joe Johnson said in the second episode, he said, our job was just basically, you know, build it and get in, get it in front of the camera. They had such a short amount of time to achieve the impossible. They really did not have time to think, mm, you know, no, no, get it perfect. As George is a perfectionist, as George talks about, they just had to get it done. And uh, that led to some incredible technology being advanced. Love that. I love that. And you said something there, Jen, that uh, may, uh, you know, leads us into this next discussion point. The behind the, behind the scenes stories are obviously just a, a big part of Star Wars tradition, celebrated by all generations. I want to be clear by that, by all generations. This isn't just uh, one generation knowing all this stuff. But I, I, it made me think, just the, the trailer alone, do we think this project will help open up newer generations to ILM's complete story, the names, the accomplishments that might be taken for granted? And I'll, I'll say this before I, I'll pitch it back to you, Jennifer. You know, we are original trilogy era kids and we grew up with that and we're mesmerized by that, inspired by that. But I remember watching, you know, Ray Harryhausen stuff and being like, I don't know, it just looks like claymation. I don't know. Like, not you know, I was young and I just didn't get it and didn't get the context. And I've had conversations with some fans. Again, we celebrate all generations and all entry points here in Force Center. But I've, I've even had some this weekend of, yeah, you know, I'm 22 and I showed me my, my me, uh, showed my friends the original trilogy and it doesn't really stand up for them. And I, I understand that point of view and just, you know, tech can only be of its time, but I, I'm, I'm hoping maybe this is a leading question. Jen, I'm hoping that this will really 
oh my gosh, yes, they this walked so that could run type of uh, vibe will, will, will come out of it for, for a lot of fans. You know, I don't know if I'm off base. No, I, I really hope so. Uh, one thing I want to share is when I was doing the Disney Plus interviews, um, I actually got to interview Joe Johnson, Phil Tippett, and Dennis Murin. Wow. And, and, yeah, and unfortunately, I didn't make it into the segment. I'm, I'm not sure mm. why because I wasn't in the editing bay. But when they came in, and even before, they were like, oh, you're going to – you know, interview these, these, uh, three gentlemen. And I'm like, wait, what? Joe Johnson. I I was freaking out. I mean, I'm getting sweaty just thinking about it right now. Cause like, to me, they're like the rock gods. These are like movie stars level, you know, Brad Pitt, Mm. like for me. And I was just like, oh my gosh, to be in the room with these, with these giants, this is incredible. And, and, uh, and I, Mm. it made me realize I was like, maybe not everyone knows who they are, but there was something really special about them being kind of escorted in in the same area where Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen had just been. And just kind of putting them on that same level because behind the scenes, people don't often get the accolades that they deserve and the recognition and have those rock star moments. Uh, uh, and so I hope that now people will know. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like it's always been common knowledge, but I guess – I guess not. Maybe I'm just mm-hmm. in this nerd bubble of who these who these uh, these people are that that, and I, I guess it's something that I've always loved. You know, who yeah. built the galaxy that we love besides George mm-hmm. Lucas? It wasn't just George Lucas. It was a huge team of people who helped bring his vision to light. And um, yeah. yeah, so yeah, I don't no, know. No. Do you guys think that? Do you think that most people know who they are or I, no? I, I, I definitely want to get Joseph in here for this, but like, yeah, I, I, I again, we acknowledge that there's probably some 18 year olds out there right now listening, going, no, 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 I, I know who Phil Tippett is. Yeah, I, right. look, I, I'm a kid. I was in junior high, and I told my friend's dad, I love that Procol Harum song, and he goes, How do you know Procol Harum? <laughs> uh, and trust me, it happens. It did not make me popular, but um, <laughs> I think overall, I mean, Joseph, you remember Celebration? We're walking out of that hotel with you, me, Mark Ellis, and I look over and I'm like, There's Phil Tippett. There's Phil Tippett. And I think you kind of said, Should we go say something? I just, I just can't approach him i can't even approach him like i just was like (laughs) it was crazy so anyways uh, joseph i'll bring you in here for this point here yeah no i I think for me they are definitely rock stars and i met them at different points in my life because of the kind of media that i absorbed you know the Mm. the specials uh i remember when specials were on television and then Mm -hmm. you know the the what is it from from star wars from empire to jedi i can't remember what the name of that kind of original oh yeah from star wars to jedi i'm I'm staring at the vhs right now it's from star wars to jedi it's cbs fox vhs yeah yeah and like one of my most visceral memories of having a personal relationship of being fans with the people who made it uh Mm. my awareness increased so much with the uh with the prequel behind the scenes but even before that i got this special edition vhs of a new hope and empire and Jedi and watch them all the time. And at the beginning of every one of those special edition VHSs was Dennis Murin mm. talking about the technology of the special edition. And then he had this one specific moment where he's talking about the uh, technology that they were working on from the special editions. He's like, that's getting to get us ready for the, uh, the uh, prequels. <laughs> it is like Dennis Muren is the man who teased me about the prequels. You know? Yeah, who, who got me excited about the prequels because oh, I I watched those movies again and again, and I never fast forwarded through that. You know, yeah. Um, so that's just kind of an example of where I encountered that name based on literally how I was viewing things, right? Mm-hmm. And then we were, you know, young adults in the explosion of. Uh, DVDs and behind the scenes, which encouraged you to get to know all mm. these people. 
And I do wonder for younger generations where you kind of have to hunt for that a little bit more of it, but you want to watch something that's streaming and you watch the one thing, you know, Uh, that if maybe they don't have as strong of a relationship, unless you're kind of, uh, that's one of your uh, fan uh, uh, places where you're zero in. Like, I want to (laughs) be, I want to have this part of my fandom, so I'm going to search it out. Hmm. Right. Yeah. I love it. Again, I, I, I was thrilled for this series um but i'm i'm like you know the, one of those giant beetle nerds and i was like ah you know peter jackson's get back I, what can i learn from it I've, I've been reading every second of this band's life for mm-hmm. my entire existence oh i can learn so much uh that i think that's where i'm at right now hearing both of you just talk about uh, your reaction to the trailer and john what you're seeing in it uh even just this discussion today the beginning of the news i was like yay now i'm like yes can't wait <laughs> yeah and, uh, you know? Yeah. Joseph, go ahead. Yeah. I really want to know them is humans. Um, and it yes. sounds like Jennifer, what you're saying that they go into like, who, who were they that they were interested in this kind of thing? You know, oh, I've yeah. known the name Ben Burt, uh, you know, forever. And, mm-hmm. you know, thank him uh, in my mind practically weekly for making the sound of the lightsabers. I knew who Ben yeah. Burt was. It was like 2018 that my wife and I saw that, uh, that documentary, um, the the mm. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. It's, it's something about waves, making waves. I oh, think. Yeah, but it's yeah, about yeah. the whole history of sound design development, and that was where I first learned that Ben Burt was just like a huge uh, adventure serial pulp nerd, the mm-hmm. exact same way George Lucas was. Like, oh, you have the other half of this amulet. Like, you like Flash Gordon? Yeah. He was making <laughs> fan films of like going to to Mars and having weird space adventures. And knowing that truth about the human being, Ben Burt made me appreciate his work even more. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And for me, it was uh, the Jedi beat with Jennifer Landa <laughs> and her <laughs> profile on Ben Burt, which is uh, in our Thank archives. You. Go yes. listen to that one there. Uh, uh, Jen, any final thoughts on this? Oh, everyone should watch this. It's just so fantastic. And you actually get to see some childhood home movies from some of these legends. It's just really, and even then, I mean, they're doing stuff that's just incredible. In sixth grade, you know, you're like, oh, well, no wonder. No wonder you uh, changed, you know, cinematic history because what you were doing in sixth grade. They're just, it's incredible. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Can I say one more thing, Ken? Uh, Sir, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I'm raising my hand and then I'm going to ask you out for a hall pass to the bathroom. yeah, no, I, the one thing I do want to say, I'm really curious to see how the whole thing is pitched. Obviously, it's looking back at the past of ILM and the present. Uh, there are some concerns and some discussions going on right now about the reality of effects houses in the moment, um, mm-hmm. that they aren't unionized and that there's a power imbalance and that there a lot of people are being pushed to work really long hours to get things done on quick turnaround time as it becomes mm. more important to get more stuff out as, you know, fans are, are much more um, uh, opinionated <laughs> and yeah. savvy about how effects look. Um, I'm curious to see if this ends up coming off as a sort of like, let's go back to the golden days when mm. there, when the attitude was nothing is impossible if you have time support, direction (laughs) not just nothing is impossible so work five more hours but nothing is impossible when we all work together in this great collaborative spirit Uh, i'm curious to see kind of uh, how if in any way it might talk to the modern yeah Mm. yeah that's interesting yeah i've seen some of that uh that uh, discourse pop up this week invaluable discourse indeed 
around some of the conditions and all that good stuff. So yeah, maybe yeah, go back to the, go back to the beginning, connect to the spirit, uh, and that spirit being important, like you said, all for one. Um, but yeah, we'll see. The documentary from Ron Howard, Lawrence Kavzin, and an entire team of wonderful people starts on July twenty seventh on you know Disney Plus. All right, before we take a quick break and discuss more of the news, we're going to do a Four Center Recommends, an audiobook we think you should try out on us. We've got a big review this week, Joseph. So what do we suggest? Diving into Shadow of the Sith by Adam Christopher. We're going to have some fun uh, discussing it. And if you want to give it a listen, you can do it on Audible. That's right. Download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audio book. All right, quick break. On the other side, we got some Andor news, Ahsoka news. It's all here. And plus a look back in Star Wars history. Stick around for more force center. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
Welcome back to Force Center, the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our news fleet is here. And we have got some news about Andor. Even today, as uh, as we're recording, a Black Series figure dropped uh, with that uh, droid uh, B2 emo, which sounds like we got a, <laughs> some emo fans in Star Wars, which we do know that. Matt Martin and Sword Group, big emo guy. Uh, so uh, any reactions to that figure? Uh, we can add that to our storage bins, Jen. Oh, my gosh. I haven't I haven't seen this yet. What I got to look it up now. Joseph, you know, tell me about it. It's, yeah, the, 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 the Cassian is is uh, is great. Got his his uh, uh, new look uh, still um, much like uh, Oscar Isaac. uh a struggle to capture the aesthetic glory of his face, I will say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but the droid, a really different design. And I, I noticed him from the trailer, uh, yeah. red and boxy and wheels. And I'm just so hoping that the emo isn't an accident, but that <laughs> oh this droid is really processing <laughs> uh, their feelings. That's what I really, really want. There you go. Is he just going to be quoting my chemical romance songs and uh, <laughs> stuff all through the, the show? I, I'd love that. I love that. Oh, so now that I is that. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. It's, 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 I like the design too. Very yeah, strong. it's cool, but you're right. It, the, the, I mean, it kind of looks like Diego Luna, kind of. <laughs> the pose is, is a little interesting, but yeah, this why not? Why not add to well, the collection? Yeah, you know, I, I've over the years got to become uh, friends with uh, Oscar Isaac's brother Michael, and one time I finally asked him, "I go, did you ever discuss the Poe figures with him?" He goes, <laughs> "I remind him every week how ugly he is on those figures." So. <laughs> Figure. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah, it's all great, all great. Well, uh, some other news, uh, and it's it's more a confirmation, I think, uh, in my mind. Disney Lucasfilm has confirmed the list of Andor writers and directors. We'd kind of known that over the years of the show's development, but now we kind of have uh, we know the episodes they're handling. Uh, if for whatever reason you don't want to know. We understand this might be some kind of tone spoiler. So, hey, <laughs> uh, there you go. I'm just trying to be extra careful. Showrunner Tony Gilroy wrote episodes 1, 2, 3, 11, and 12. Dan Gilroy, episodes 4, 5, and 6. Stephen Schiff, uh, known uh, mostly for his work in The Americans, uh, episode 7. Bo Williman, House of Cards, uh, wrote episodes 8, 9, and 10. The directors, uh, Toby Haynes, uh, directed episodes 1, 2, 3, Eight, nine, ten. Susanna White, um, known uh, for a lot of things, including HBO's Generation uh, Kill, helmed episodes four, five, and six. And Benjamin Karen directed seven, eleven, and twelve. So there you go. Write that down in your diary. Keep score at home. Uh, there are the names, and uh, this show Andor just seems to be the one we know so many specific things about. Just going in, I'm surprised this also didn't have. Uh, you know, uh, you know, save the cat moment here in this episode. And, uh, you know, all the all the screenwriting terms are here. <laughs> uh, Tony's been so open about that. So, uh, again, like I said up top, none of the names are new, but now we know what they're handling. So thoughts on the confirmations, the approach. We know this kind of uh, arc kind of thing they're talking about going in even the second season. And hey, any particular episode or episodes you're excited for based on the names alone, Jennifer? Yeah, I mean, oof, when you look at their credits, it, this is quite an ensemble. Uh, I'm very, very excited. I think that this is going to be very dramatic. Um, Mm. And I think that that's why I'm excited about director Susan White. Um, She directed some of the Jane Eyre miniseries episodes, Mm -hmm. um, which in my mind, I'm like, oh, she's going to know how to deal with the emotion 
maybe quieter moments between characters and really um, make that shine. That's exciting. Toby Haynes directed the USS Callister episode of Black Mirror. Um, he obviously uh, also did Doctor Who episodes. He directed Doctor Who episodes. So he knows ca- kind of how to handle the vibe of Star Wars. And he's going to be setting the tone uh, from one, two, three, eight, nine, and 10. So <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. it's really going to be, he's going to be uh, the, the main the main guy. Oh, and then Benjamin Car- Karen directed many episodes of The Crown. And right. so we're going to end it on a very dramatic note as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Big, big stuff there. Uh, uh, Joseph, uh, what's grabbing you here on this list? Yeah, I think it's really great to look at these uh, writers and directors credits. And I feel like when I look at the directors credits, there's like some definitely some things I can pick out. I think, Jennifer, you did a great job of picking out some representative stuff. But when I kind of looked at all all three of them together, like, oh, what's their credit? Most Mm -hmm. British dramas made in the last 10 to 15 years. Like (laughs) exactly that they've clearly covered telling dramatic stories and and particularly in in a style that is, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that makes a lot of sense uh, of the tradition of British storytelling of having dramas can be anything, but at their heart, they're dramas. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. The success of Doctor Who coming back is that it's still a fantastic adventure in time and space, but it is a drama. Uh, so the idea of this is a drama at it, at its core as a noun is really, uh, you know, resonating with the directors. And then a lot of the writers have sort of uh, uh, almost more distinctive uh, credits and feathers in mm-hmm. their cap. Right. And if you're going to look at just the writers <laughs> to yeah. say that this Star Wars show is going to be a mashup of House of Cards, the yeah. Americans. Uh, Jason Bourne in yeah. the dark neo-noir film Nightcrawler. Yes, uh, exactly. Yeah. Yes, right. Yes. They they all do kind of tied together uh, to speak to intense personal drama, high stakes, detail, nuance, uh, less pulpy space opera in more gritty intrigue, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's something that we've all been thinking about and talking about and, and hoping for for a long time. And these credits just confirm that even more. I think, Ken, to your question about any particular episode, uh, I'm looking forward to episode seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, because Stephen Schiff has the experience with the Americans. I really love that show. I think the Americans in Star Wars is an amazing idea. Uh, but I also have empathy for Stephen Schiff in that it, it seems like a, it started as a is he was the leader on this project, and then uh, Tony Gilroy came in and, and became the head, uh, the head person. Uh, so I, I have empathy for for Stephen Schiff, and thanks for him developing yeah, this yeah. up to the point for it to exist. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Remember, this was kind of viewed as a, a, a shift project for a while, right? It was kind of the the, yeah. the, the talk, but yeah, then uh, for various reasons, and, and COVID, a lot of the directors UK based and everything because you know. Uh, this was uh, done during uh, one of the heights of COVID. Uh, COVID, so I, I get all that too. But yeah. Mm, yeah, interesting. Sorry, I cut you off there. Anything more? No, 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 no. That's it. Yeah, mm. yeah. I love that too. For me, uh, looking at yeah, Dan, Dan Gilroy is interesting. But knowing that you know the, the directors are handling arcs, and looks like the writers handled arcs. That the four, five, and six with with uh, Dan Gilroy. Uh, you know, known for a lot of the, the stuff in the in the Bourne world. Uh, also, Free Jack, the Mick Jagger-led 1992 movie. Let's not overlook <laughs> that one there. Uh, and Susanna White and, and them just being synced up. And well, I know, know some of her work by name only. I'm not super familiar with it. But I know there's some because I'm viewing that as the, you know, if this is the midpoint of season one, uh, that might be some crazy, uh, dare I say, gritty action. Um, mm-hmm. and, it's, and look, yeah, we, we, we've been talking about that 
gritty in Star Wars things since, you know, going into Last Jedi it was really popping up, right? Because that Ryan Johnson, we just all thought, hey, you know, Breaking Bad and all the stuff, you know, Looper. Uh, and then Last Jedi had very much the Star Wars whimsy and wonder and magic and comedy and all that kind of stuff. So far, this show seems to be in line with Rogue One. So, like you said, Joseph, all the names we've been familiar with, but now to see them all synced up with episodes. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be some humor. I'm sure there's going to be some, uh, you know, hope uh, buried underneath it there. But this is shaping up to be what you would think a show that leads into Rogue One. And, and that's got me it's got me excited. Not that I, I, I love my whimsy and I love my Star Wars hope uh, and I love my Star Wars light side. But, but this seems like it's going to be something that's a little bit different. Uh, coming. Yeah. Around. Yeah. And I think definitely in tone. But I also think that that just really means also in beat to beat. Right. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. Um, I think we've, we've even got a, a question coming up uh, at some point in our question show as we get to them all. Uh, but like pointing out that you know, like Favreau uh, really in the Mandoverse in general really favors uh, minimalism in dialogue right Mm -hmm. um and i everything here is talking to me about like intense scenes with three people in the room who desperately need things and the fate of their lives hinge on their who raises an eyebrow first like intense detailed nuanced drama which means it's not just tone that's different it's the actual scene to scene the overall experience is i think going to be really add some variety uh to the disney plus star wars shows Mm -hmm. yeah Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it's going to be good. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And, and Tony Gilroy, uh, that Gilroy family, I did look it up. I didn't really, they, you got John, Dan, Tony, they've been making stuff there. Um, so yeah, all these, uh, all these names are, are other than Tony, uh, are new to star Wars, right? I'm, I was just double checking. I, I, there's no other names. Um, I think, and this is, you know, again, Mando, a lot of new names to Star Wars there. Jen, are you excited for that? Or nervous? Both? Like, well, does that even cross your mind? Who, who's done Star Wars before? We love having new voices in here, so it's pretty valuable. No, I think that they, they, they're bringing in some heavy hitters. I mean, these are incredibly talented people who know how to work because they have, you know, TV series backgrounds. They know how to work within within a framework and tell a cohesive story. Um, and so that that's really important to me. And I mean, no shade to um, American directors, but a British drama is there's <laughs> nothing like it. I just love it so much. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why so many of our actors in American movies and TV series are British because they just, they know their stuff. They do the work, right? Um, And so I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to see this group handle a Star Wars story. It's really exciting. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. So many tight, wound up, repressed emotions coming out in space battles. Mm. Yes, that's what we want. That's what I want. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking, yeah. Well, I'm just thinking all those Mothma scenes that we're probably gonna like. Yes. Absolutely, the tension, the drama, the repressed emotions. That's what I want. Uh, Joseph, any thoughts on uh, this? Uh, this as well. And again, I want to say we we love new names. We're getting a ton of new names. I'm not suggesting it's a bad thing that I want only people that have handled Star Wars before. But this is an interesting big hitter list. Yeah, yeah, and who knows? Maybe one of these uh, one of these people in this list is just diehard Star Wars fan. Maybe mm-hmm. Susanna White's you know bedroom walls are covered in Lobot action figures. We don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe these, some of these people. I know Tony Gilroy is like, yeah, I'm not a huge fan. I'm not you know as yeah. aware of it, but I brought in this different perspective and I really enjoyed it. And now I want to spend more time in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm kind of I'm excited for that diversity because I think it is that diversity of, of creator relationship to star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think both perspectives are valid. I think it's really, uh, fun and, and interesting and important to have a lot of the creators that we have had 
in uh, recent shows and in uh, novels and comics being like, I am a lifelong Star Wars fan. Here's my introduction. You know, here's the sibling who gave me my first action figure. So I had to include that character. Here's this reference to (laughs) this obscure Legends character because I grew up like we've had a lot of that. And I think that has Mm -hmm. value. But I think in terms of getting diversity of perspective, people who are kind of like, new to star wars and i don't think it means that there's going to be any canon problems because we have the wonderful story group and all these resources right um Mm -hmm. but i think there's just this sort of like the the power of no of of people not not having any sort of baggage with the the surface level or the ephemera right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and just saying like i'm kind of new to this so i just want to find out why is star wars so important who are these characters what do they want how does it speak to us i think it it really lets them come into like the depth of it the heart of it which is important for a, a very dramatic gritty show mm-hmm. yeah. yes yeah i mean we what we think will be a dramatic gritty show when episode four is just a you know comedy just a <laughs> <laughs> we could be wrong. yeah and i we think with be, all the yeah. Yeah, the, all the the dark and gritty. Like I have this like uh, uh, or nuanced or dramatic, however you want to say it. I have this like push pull because I do want that variety in Star Wars. It makes sense to track with Rogue One, but with Rogue One, I I kind of sometimes wish that there was some more weird space monsters. I I would mm-hmm. have taken <laughs> uh, a weird cult dagger because I think we have this tension in Star Wars that uh, I think the general audience has lost connection with and a love for pulp and adventure serial in in my pet theory is some of the the films and stories that are more derided like attack the clones and rise of skywalker are because they are a a little bit more pulpy a little bit more adventure serial and Mm. there's a little bit more like yeah i'm not sure about that from the general public and then the general public loves rogue one because it's gritty and grounded so like this part of me is like i'm so excited for this (laughs) but also i hope there's some weird space aliens Uh, throw in some cult artifacts i would love that yeah, mm-hmm. I, but I, I'm with you. I love Rogue One, and um, I, I love Rise of Skywalker. I just got in a bar debate this weekend of my love of that movie when I had three rum, rum and cokes in me, and I was ready to fight. <laughs> um, and I love them both, and that Star Wars uh, buffet we always talk about is on display here. I'm so excited for Andor, and then I have that thought, you know, do we... Uh, is Boar Gullet 2 going to show up? We'll find out. We'll find out. Saw might be around, right? So uh, maybe maybe, uh, maybe uh, uh, Stellan Skarsgård Luthen gets uh, Boar Gulleted. And, uh, oh, yeah. Cute little baby gullet. I would love that. Ooh, a baby gullet. Love that. I love that. Uh, Well, we are definitely in Andor season. New toys, uh, names. Oh, we're getting closer and closer. And Andor starts at August 31st. And yes, the Andor report is coming to Force Center. We'll be diving in deep to all 12 episodes and the Bad Batch and everything else possible. It's a wonderful, busy time as a Star (laughs) Wars fan and a Star Wars podcast. Uh, Down the line, we know that the Ahsoka series looms large in the minds of the fandom. And look, there was a bit of a kerfuffle in the fandom this week after it was revealed that Ahsoka will sort of stand alone from Star Wars Rebels. I, I'm that's taking a general sweep through the hashtags there, I will admit. Um, not going in deep into that. But this this kind of came after uh, what I will say a quick comments from Rosario Dawson and Natasha Lubordizzo in Empire Magazine about some of the, uh, the Andor stuff. The photo we talked about last week, the other photo that ca- came out of Mon Mothma and what looks like Stellan Skarsgård's uh, Luthen, um, all dressed in the nines for some political intrigue. Uh, Dawson said this. There have been two instances where Ahsoka has shown up on a mission. Uh, you see how she's interacting with folks, but you don't really get 
her per se. Even fans who've lived with her so long don't know where she's at now in this journey. Bordizzo followed up by saying, it's great for audiences to have seen Rebels beforehand, but we've got a standalone chapter as it is. Now, all this uh, seems to make sense. You, you know, we, we would uh, probably generally agree here. You can't isolate a general audience. Um, but what's our reaction to these comments? Does, uh, do these comments make sense? Uh, what are the benefits to this pro- approach? Any uh, negative side effects, uh, Joseph? What do you think? Yeah, um, I really love Rosario Dawson's comment <laughs> yes. uh, because I think that is exactly what's been going on. It's been great to see Ahsoka in both of those episodes and they have answered questions and raised questions and her emotional state and the exact timeline that those appearances in Mandalorian mm-hmm. Book of Boba Fett are and how they relate to other things that we know on Ahsoka's timeline. That is really some of the stuff that I'm looking forward to in Ahsoka is not necessarily the canon answers of when did this fall in timeline, but her emotional journey and what is truly affecting her in those episodes. So it's great to hear Rosaria Dawson talking about like, yeah, (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. what what this show is, is about. And then for the, the comment that, uh, that uh, seemed to uh, uh, create some stir on the old (laughs) internet uh, from Natasha Lou Bordizio. Um, I think all uh, my bias is always take what actors say with a a large grain of salt. I've been an actor. I've been a writer and a director. And sometimes actors are talking from their perspective. Right. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So always take it with a grain of salt, which is not even remotely a criticism of Bordizio or or what she said. Um, I actually think what she said is great. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a balancing act in Star Wars and Marvel and other ongoing storytelling. Um, My wife and I have been uh catching up on stranger things and we had to watch a bunch of recaps uh i'm trying to watch the fourth season of better call saul and i had to do like two hours of homework and i love that show but it's been too long we are we are immersed in multiple ongoing stories and and star wars and marvel are supposed to be interconnected so uh, these shows have to be a jumping on point that's friendly Mm. to new audiences and uh thor love and thunder even had a great job of like uh i'm not gonna spoil it but there's some stuff in the beginning that is that sets up the stakes of the story sets up the themes of the story and also is a recap for audiences right (laughs) and Mm -hmm. i wouldn't be surprised to see something like that in in rebels because i think it's really necessary Mm -hmm. um and then the other thing that that i'll say uh quickly is that you know I know many fans have strong opinions and of course they're, they're totally open to them. Uh, But Filoni himself has been crystal clear in multiple interviews in panels lately. I think he said it like 87 times at Star Wars Celebration Mm -hmm. that he sees Star Wars as an interconnected story. He sees fans is embracing that. So he's going to deliver that. You know, I think uh, this show that is made by the person who made Rebels is not going to be disrespectful to Rebels. And if it is, to me, that's his choice. He made Rebels. <laughs> yeah. He made yeah. these characters along with other writers. And and he's going to show what happens to them next. And I personally am just fine with that. Have no worries about that. Yeah, no, great stuff. Great stuff. Uh, love the insights there. Jen, any thoughts on this? Uh, you a performer as well. Have you ever said anything in the press that has, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> been your own take on a project? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, yes. So, I, I mean, here's the thing. Like you're saying, Dave Filoni is in charge. He he knows what he's doing. He knows these characters. He loves these characters. He is not going to, to he's going to make it so that it 
appeals to the diehards, right? That's what they've been doing with the Mandoverse. You can dive deeper. But at the same time, I want to be able to watch this show with my husband who has never watched one episode of Rebels. You know, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we want to introduce new fans who maybe just finished Rebels and are like, oh, or or maybe they, they are heard about the show, but they haven't really dived all the way in. Let's get everyone up to speed so we can all enjoy the show to collectively together, right? Because mm-hmm. if some fans are like, "Oh, actually, in this part of the in this episode of Rebels, blah blah blah," well, that's that's not really how we should be able to enjoy this live action show. It should be able to stand alone as it is. Um, I think that that's really important, and I think it's also going to make more people watch it. And I want more yeah. Star Wars stuff, so let's make it so that everyone can enjoy it, not just us diehards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, well said. And look, I think the Rebels numbers are going to go through the roof once this yeah. series comes out or once you, you lead into it. And yeah, I don't feel I have any tremendously uh, important or new insights to add to this other than it's just it's been a conversation. You know, I make the jokes, but the amount of times I had to explain to friends that no solo happens after The Phantom Menace, but they couldn't grasp it immediately because of Maul. I mean, yeah, it happened right. many times, happened many times. And I still stand by the decision to include Maul in there. I love that decision. Right. And and hey, this is what it is. Go find out. Uh, maybe you'll you'll get to the Clone Wars and love it. And and uh, I, I yeah, to your point, Joseph. Joseph Filoni's very aware of the shows he's created and the stories <laughs> he's telling. I think sometimes like we you know uh, we were at that that Mando panel, the Mando Plus panel, and uh, Joseph and I, and sitting with Mark Allison, and I, I've talked about it before. Like uh, I was moved by the Rebels fans there because mm-hmm. I'm a Rebels fan as well. But I, I you could tell it was. It was really powerful for people. It was an entry point or it was their favorite Star Wars. And I love that. I love that about Rebels and I love that about any parts of Star Wars. And I celebrate that. So I don't want them to feel slighted or them to feel worried. But I also get it, you know, if you if you take this comment, because I think sometimes the narrative in, in the public discourse becomes, oh, they're, you know, did you hear they're going to say F off to Rebels? And that's not the case. It never was the case. Right. And, and I respect that, you know, I respect for the passion and I get it. And I just don't want that to become a, a false narrative that, that, that just take the show as it's going to going to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. There is a lot of just like, yeah, taking out of context and reacting to an exaggerated clickbait headline rather than what the actor actually said. And, mm-hmm. you know, to me, it's part of the power of Star Wars of, yeah, those of us who who watch Rebels like Rebels have been wondering for years, where's Ezra? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are Sabine and Ahsoka, you know, we left off on a cliffhanger of them. They're, they're going to get him. Of course, of course, it's going to have a more emotional resonance. But then it's also powerful that you can just start a show with like, uh, these two people lost someone they love and have been through a bunch of other trauma and they're trying to reconnect with someone they lost. That's just human and you can start there. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Yeah, and, and, and going back to Rosario's comments, I'm with you, Joseph, too. I, I really like that. Of, hey, we just don't know where she's at now in this journey. And we had some wonderful questions when she showed up in Mando, right? We were like, well, she seems kind of sad. <laughs> some stuff has <laughs> happened. And then she seems, seems a little bit more at peace when we see her book of Boba Fett. So she's on her own journey, uh, as she always has been. It's the strength of the character. And, uh, and, and you know, I'm excited to find out, uh, to learn about Ahsoka in this timeline. Because I think Rosario's right. We haven't spent a ton of time with her so we don't truly know everything going on and that's the big appeal for the series for me you know i don't know i don't know no, agreed yes yeah. absolutely 
Uh, final thing here, speaking of insights into characters, uh, or Dizzo uh, also, let's not this, uh, let, let let this get lost in the shelf. Let's some insightful comments about Sabine going into the story. Uh, Sabine is so fearless and brave, with so much grace, but she still has flaws. She's making mistakes, and it's very high stakes, and it's galactic war to make mistakes. So thoughts on Sabine? Uh, I don't want to parse out every word there, but I was excited <laughs> to see her use the word galactic war, because so far, Sabine, Sabine just kind of seems like she was on Lethal, waiting to, you know, do what you need to do there um that's just one little blip of an animated show here so uh thoughts on uh, sabine going in this series jen oh yeah this this made me very excited i'm wondering if she might go undercover that she might put uh you know herself at risk you know mm. she, I, what i love about the character and what my daughter loved about the character is that she really is kind of led by her emotions sometimes um which yeah. can be great but it also can lead to trouble as I have learned in my life. So <laughs> I think that that's yeah. going to make for an interesting uh, storyline. And I, I'm really excited to see uh, Natasha's portrayal of the character. This is going to be interesting. Yeah, no, great stuff. A lot of lessons there. She's such a wonderful character. I think it's a great, a great point, Jen. Uh, does often, um, you know, go with her emotions on things for, for better or worse. We've seen some of that stuff and, and, and she went through so much and, and uh, came out of the yeah, end of rebels, such a, in, in a, you know, such a powerful character, inspirational character, but I'd lo- love to know as it would, as there would be, they're bringing back the character. She still has a ways to go on some of the, the, the lessons and, and, and the paths in front of her. And I, I love that there. So Joseph, any thoughts here on the, or just his comments about Sabine? Yeah, no, I love the, the portrayal of the character. I think she's a fascinating character because she is a, a kind, sensitive, artistic, loving warrior from Mandalore, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and weapons creator and aficionado. Like, you know, I love this character uh, because she has, you know, these these competing instincts. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's bold and aggressive, like Jennifer was saying. And I think all of those traits that we saw her wrestle with and try to balance in Rebels have a lot of great uh, places to go and explore. Um, I rewatched the last five minutes of Rebels for this conversation, and there's plenty of of wiggle room, right? You can you can yeah. watch it as oh she she was there on Lothal and sat mm-hmm. out the entire war. Uh, and if that was true, if you read it that way, what did that do to this warrior's mindset of like, I made this promise to my friend to watch over Lothal and nothing ever happened. Meanwhile, mm. lots of other important things to me were happening or it's total, it's open. Uh, it could be that she spent a lot of time on Lothal, mm-hmm. but she also went and fought for Mandalore. We don't know, um, right. which it is yet. It's just reading that scene. Um, and I think in terms of how the Ahsoka show is going to tie to the Mandoverse, there are huge connections to what we've been learning in Mandoverse, right? Like how does Sabine feel about the night of a thousand tears? Mm. If that is a response to Bo-Katan's rebellion, Sabine handed her that blade, you know, encouraged Mandalore to rise up. And then her world was destroyed. Uh, I think she's going to have a lot that she is dealing with in trying to set right. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, absolutely love that take on that there. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. And and Sabine is such a wonderful character. Clearly, so many people react to her. And I'm just glad we get to see this new version of the story here. So uh, there you go. That's our look at uh, that story. Yeah, again, uh, it's a bit of a kerfluffle. We understand. And we're respectful of all folks uh, on all sides of, uh, you know, the, the, the arguments, discussions, and uh, all the varied passions. We totally get it. But uh, I think everyone, I think once the show comes out, I think everyone's going to be happy. At least we have that hope 
<laughs> That's a look at Star Wars news. Before we get out of here, we have a uh, This Week in Star Wars History, our look ahead to Star Wars past, and uh, it's another birthday celebration. Last week, we celebrated the birthday of uh, the uh, wonderful Jimmy Smith, uh, and now uh, we get to celebrate this birthday on July 13th, 1942. Wow, saying that out loud, that's that's a that's a year, man. Wow. A uh, long time ago, Harrison Ford was born in Chicago. Look, so much has been said and written about Ford and and will still be written and said about Ford. He's the galaxy's favorite scoundrel. But what were our earliest memories of Harrison Ford, the movie star? And what did it mean to us Star Wars fans uh, to have him back for The Force Awakens? Jennifer? Oh, my gosh. You know, it's so funny because I was thinking about that. And Harrison Ford, for me as a kid, was really Indiana Jones, even though I saw him as Hansel, obviously. But mm-hmm. but for so much of my childhood, he just he was indie and he was this this movie star. And then as I grew up, I mean, look at his at his credits. You know, he was doing The Fugitive. He did Working Girl. He did Presumed Innocent Patriot Games. I mean, it's just like on and on. He was the quintessential movie star in my mind. And he there was always, I felt like that kind of complicated relationship that he had with Star Wars. I think maybe I was just reading into it. Maybe I was reading too many People magazines. Uh, where <laughs> yeah. he, he didn't really, he was like, that's in the past, right? Like he yeah. wanted to kind of move on from that. Uh, so then to have him back in the force awakens i just it gave it felt like home it, and it also made me feel like he had just kind of like made peace with his legacy um and it was just thrilling I and mean, he's just he's a phenomenal actor and just he's a legend and so yeah that was very exciting to see him back love that there yeah absolutely uh joseph uh, uh thoughts on uh, the early days of uh our, our childhoods and looking up on the screen and seeing han solo everywhere yeah, I mean, early early memories are just, uh, uh, so that's what I will never be as cool as. Okay, good to know where the bar is. Uh, right. I, I loved him so much. He's so effortless and cool, but real. We've talked a lot about, like, um, the, the great example of seeing Luke, somebody who is, you know, like, uh, very thin, very kind, very sensitive. I, I identified with Luke because he, he, you know, looked a lot like me, and he made these different kinds of choices in an era of, like, a big, muscular, bold people. And mm-hmm. even though Harrison Ford was kind of like this a uh, little bit more charming, you know, e- easy on the eyes, uh, romance, cool guy, right? Ultimate mm-hmm. cool guy. There's still something in all of his performances, Han Solo, Indiana Jones in particular, of... Uh, this sensitivity and intelligence, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The action hero who can have any amount of romance, who can uh, punch anything, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, but is real. He was the action hero who feels pain, you know? Mm. Yeah. Uh, Seeing Han Solo in pain, seeing him be cool and effortless, but not, but still human. Seeing him be in pain in Empire Strikes Back. Uh, Seeing him not know how how the hell he's going to get out of it in Empire Strikes Back. Seeing Indiana Jones, the guy who'd be like, I'd rather be in a museum and I have no desire to do punching, but I have to, (laughs) I have to do punching and it looks real cool, uh, but I'm doing this so I can jot down my notes and give my lecture and my tweed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I think that mixture of just classic action hero with that sensitivity and in, in intelligence is what has always made Harrison Ford so powerful to me, the action hero who feels pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's, that's something that I think maybe even I connect with on a real subconscious level. Right. Uh, I even talking about Indy, I always say Indy's like my favorite cinematic character. I just loved everything about him, And from the hat to the whip, to the, 
do the adventures. But then like, I remember when he, we'd go back to teaching in those uh, little scenes, I'd be like, get, get back to the field, get back to the field. But Indy <laughs> didn't necessarily want to go back to field. I mean, he, you know, to collect and do what he wanted to do. But yeah, uh, absolutely. And, and I always say, you know, for me, Harrison was the first, one of the first uh, people that made me realize, uh, you know, kind of what acting is or what actors are, you know, that, mm. Oh, he's, he's both of these characters. Got it. You don't just do one role and that's it. You're done for the rest of your life. The mind of a seven year old trying to figure that all out uh, post star Wars. And yeah. And, and, and just uh, it's um, you know, when I, when I kind of react to the, to the age, I mean, he's still going strong here at uh, 79 and we got a new indie coming out, all that stuff. Age is uh, just a number, all those good things, but it, it just, it's weird to think he's just been around, He's been there. He's been the movie star for me for all my life, which is why it was so important to have him back as Han Solo. Mm -hmm. And the day of that sale, 2012, that was one of the big questions on my mind and my friends' minds as we were texting our excitement. New Star mm -hmm. Wars movies. And that was one of the first things. Was like, Do you think Harrison would come back? And right. even you have Mark Hamill kind of saying, yeah, George met with me and Carrie, but I sure I'll do it. If, if all three of us do it, you'll never get Harrison. <laughs> right, right. And, so it wasn't just you and People Magazine, Jen. It was, okay. it was kind of the yeah. attitude, kind of thought. It wasn't even a big negative attitude. You're right. Looking back at the interviews, it's like, cool, yeah, that was something I did. I'm proud of it. I want yeah. to do other things. Yeah. Totally get that now. Totally mm -hmm. get that. But it meant yeah. it's, yeah. So it meant everything for him, for me, uh, to have him come back uh, for The Force Awakens. Yeah, I so agree with that. I think his return in, in The Force Awakens is the sort of there's there's always hope, right? Um, mm -hmm. It was easy to look at him in the People magazine and just the, the, the vibe and conversations that maybe he was like, eh, yeah, I didn't always like my dialogue. I butted heads, uh, you know, with some mm -hmm. of the creators about what should happen with Han Solo. And maybe I got a little bit of a chip on my shoulder about I don't want to just be Han Solo. I'm an actor. I'm an actor. Mm -hmm. That's what I want right. to do. I'm not Han Solo. I'm an actor, right? Mm -hmm. That was the energy that was maybe coming out. So then to see him return to Star Wars and go, I, I'm hearing from everybody else, you know, what these movies really mean. And as an actor, I found my way in and yeah. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm happy to be here as an actor. And then almost to me, like the, the greatest Harrison Ford Star Wars triumph is him willingly seeing, wanting to see Solo twice. Yeah. Because <laughs> he was fascinated yeah. with Alden's choices as an actor. You know, it, for that. me, it's just, a, it's, a, it's an affirmation that there, there is really this beating heart and soul to these movies. Uh, and somebody like Harrison Ford, who's really here for the story, the characters, what does this mean, sees that in Star Wars too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well said indeed. So happy early birthday to Harrison Ford, July 13th. Let's celebrate the galaxy's favorite scoundrel. All right. That is our episode this week. Thank you all for listening. Uh, we are Force Center Podcast, uh, Force Center, and we can be found on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Check our YouTube channel for uh, uh, supplementary uh, content, uh, some videos coming out. We also got a live show again late July. We have a lot of fun doing that. So subscribe over there if you want. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Uh, podcast is available in a lot of spots, including ACAST, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast and more if you want to give us a rate and review while you're there we'd love that merch is available at tpublic.com slash user slash force center you can support us directly at patreon.com slash force center from there you can get into our discord and celebrate and discuss star wars with force center friends every day you can follow me at ken napsock or go to ken napsock.com for information all things i do including comedy shows if you're down for uh, san diego comic con july 21st will be at uh, mark ellison friends comedy show uh, at the American Comedy Company, Company 8 p.m. 
Thursday ticket information there. We always like to highlight charity organizations, things that we want to focus uh, your attention on. There's a lot of things out there this we know. This week I'm highlighting the Trevor Project at thetrevorproject.org. It is an American nonprofit organization that focuses on suicide prevention efforts among lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and questioning youth. They have a toll-free telephone number. They have uh, confidential services. It's really important stuff. You can go to tr- thetrevorproject.org and donate if you'd like. Jennifer. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Jennifer Landa, TikTok at Jennifer Landa 1138. Um, and today I'm going to spotlight the National Network of Abortion Funds again. Uh, the Abortion Funds Network provides financial assistance, travel, lodging, and many other types of support to abortion seekers. You can donate and find out more about their work at abortionfunds.org because true freedom means being able to decide if, when, and how we grow our families. Love it there. Joseph, take us home. Yeah, you can find me Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And you can check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com for uh, all sorts of other comedy adventures. I just freshened up uh, my website. In particular, I can announce the show that I'm doing in Minneapolis at the great convention, uh, Convergence. It is in August. It's on Friday night of the convention. I'm doing a new stand-up show called Joseph Scrimshaw versus Emotions. We'll see who wins. (laughs) So if you're interested, you can go to my website, josephscrimshaw.com, and look on the live show's page. And I want to continue to support Vote Forward. It's an organization that allows you to write letters to other voters, encouraging them to use their power. Their website is votefwd.org. Love it. Love it. That's going to be a great show. If you're out there, check that out. All right, my friends, that is it for this week. So for, oh, Harrison Ford and all the birthday presents I'm sure he's going to get. That's it for this time. Uh, We'll see you next week. Uh, This was Forza. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.